As the guards left, I looked around the room. It was small, with a desk and several comfortable chairs scattered around it. The Magus stood next to the desk. The windows behind him should have looked out on the Megaron's greater courtyard, but the tiny panes of glass only reflected the light of lamps burning inside. I looked again at the chairs. I picked the nicest one and sat in it. The Magus stiffened. His eyebrows snapped down into a single line across the top of his face. They were dark, though most of his hair had gone to grey. Get up, he commanded. I leaned farther into the feather pillows on the seat in back of the chair. It was almost as good as clean clothes, and I couldn't have gotten up if I tried. My knees were weak, and my stomach was considering tossing up the little I'd had recently eaten. The chair back came to just behind my ears, so I rested my head back and looked up my nose at the Magus, still standing by his desk. The Magus gave me a few moments to consider my position before he stepped over to the chair. He leaned down until his nose was just a few inches from mine. I hadn't seen his face before from this close. He had the high-bridged nose of most of the people in the city, but his eyes were a very light grey instead of brown. His forehead was covered by wrinkles brought on by a lot of sun and too much frowning. I was thinking that he must have done some sort of outdoor work before he started reading books. When he spoke, I stopped thinking about his complexion and shifted my gaze back to his eyes. We might someday attain a relationship of mutual respect, he said softly. First, I thought, I will see gods walking the earth. He went on, for now, I will have your obedience. His ability to convey a world of threat in so few words was remarkable. I swallowed, and my hands shook a little where they lay on the arms of the chair. One link of chain clinked against another, but I still didn't try to get up. My legs wouldn't have lifted me. He must have realised this, and known also that he had made his point, because he stepped back to lean against the desk and waved one hand in disgust. Never mind. Stay there for now. The seat will have to be cleaned. I felt my face getting redder. It wasn't my fault that I stank. He should spend some months in the king's prison, and then we'd see if he still smelled like old books and scented soap. He looked me over for several moments more, and didn't seem impressed. I saw you at your trial, he said finally. I didn't say that I'd noticed him there as well. You're thinner. I shrugged. Tell me, said the Magus. Have you found yourself reluctant to leave our hospitality? You said at your trial that not even the king's prison could hold you, and I rather expected you to be gone by now. He was enjoying himself. I crossed my legs and settled deeper into the chair. He winced. I said, Oh, some things take time. How true, said the Magus. How much time do you think it's going to take? Another half an hour, I thought, but I didn't say that either. I think it's going to take a long time, said the Magus. I think it could take the rest of your life. After all, he joked, when you're dead, you certainly won't be in the king's prison, will you?
I suppose not. I didn't think he was funny. You boasted about a lot of things at your trial. Idle boasts, I suppose. I can steal anything. <laughs> so you claimed. It was a wager to that effect that landed you in prison. He picked a pen nib off the desk beside him and turned it in his hands for a moment. It is too bad for you that intelligence does not always attend gifts such as yours, and fortunate for me that it is not your intelligence I am interested in, but your skill. If you are as good as you say you are. I repeated myself. I can steal anything. Except yourself out of the king's prison, the makers asked, lifting only one eyebrow this time.